Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO, Wednesday night. The Timberwolves return to these airwaves, 6 o'clock against Toronto. And away we go. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, guy that I've wanted to talk to for a long time because I've long admired his body of work. Uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, we we tend to easily gravitate to the team that wins the state tournament. But the, the coaches that I always study and watch and find fascinating are the ones that are good every year, especially in greater Minnesota because outside the metro, you do not get an influx of talent just because you want it. You can't talk somebody into coming over and playing at your school. You can't drop, uh, you know, veiled hints that you could play a lot here. You, you get what you get, and you coach them up as best you can, and you hope that that's good enough. And I always think the mark of a great team isn't how many championships they win. It's that how good are they year in and year out, and how competitive are they? Annandale has answered that call for years and years and years, in large part because Skip Dolan has been the head coach, and he he got that coveted state championship this past weekend on Saturday with a win over Minneapolis North after they beat Caledonia the night before in the semifinals. Coach, congratulations. No, thanks, Mike. Thank you very much. What what was this one like? What did it, what did it feel like when you got there this year? Oh, you know, you know, with uh, the journey, you know, was kind of the same, um, getting yourself through the section and stuff like that. But then um, when we saw that we were going to have to get through Caledonia and through North to get there, mm-hmm. we thought, well, either we're going to get beat by a very good team, or we were going to legitimately be able to say we were the best team in Class Two A because we would beat two of the best programs and best teams in the state. Okay, so, so you're up against Eli King, who's considered one of the best players in the state, going to Iowa State, long resume, etc. As a coach, you see he's athletic. You know he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to have it in his hands a lot. Uh, what, what do you do strategically when you play against a kid of that caliber? Well, you study the you study the tape because in today's day and age, you exchange a lot of tapes and stuff and and that. But you you start to realize how quick his hands are and how explosive he is to to pick passes off, go get the ball, and how explosive he is to come from behind and block shots. So, and we really stressed and we worked on you know we just can't let him get turnips and let him get up on those monstrous monstrous ducks and dunks and stuff because what we saw often was he was getting about four or five of those dunks a game, but mainly because his hands are just so quick and so explosive. So we really tried to negate the fact that he was going to get at some one of those uh, transitions. And so you do that by what, ball fakes or what? You try to get him to commit to where he wants to go before you make a move? How do yeah. you do that? We did a lot of things. We worked on a lot of spaces. We tried to get him, you know, maybe a little bit stretched to the corner when we, when we could. Um, but just really concentrate on being extremely careful with the basketball all the time. Uh, the one thing about our group, you know, for years have been, you know, again, a little bit uh, staying small. Our kids, you know, they like the weight room. They're strong with the ball. Um, they very rarely get the ball ripped away from them. And, um, and we 
just concentrated on just making good choices. Skip Dolan is our guest. The NNDL wins the state championship. He's the head coach. I want to know more about this Ganyan kid, though, because uh, when he walks on the floor, he's not the most intimidating. And he put on a show Friday night, man, seven three-pointers, and just to see the confidence that he plays with. But above and beyond that, Coach, I mean, that's an inspiration for the kids out there that say, oh, basketball, you got to be this, you got to be that. No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, this kid, this kid lit it up. And, uh, w- w- who is he? W- w- what's he all about? Yeah, you know, first of all, he's a, he's a son of a coach's kid. You know, that yep. uh, um, came from at Howard Lake back in sixth grade. And that um, he's lived in the gym, um, you know, just spent a lot of time shooting the basketball, handling the ball. But, you know, what he is, he's, he's also that coach on the floor. He's the kid that, you know, I just have to look at and relate to. And I take every I mean, a night he'll just never forget, obviously. But do, do you, as a coach, if you have a really good shooter, can you always get them shots? I, I, I mean, it, it, should you be able to strategically, if you've got a great shooter, forget their size, forget whatever, should you be able to design something to get them shots? I think, you know, what you do, at least what I do, okay, is you design things to get him shots or to slip for somebody else to get an easy one going to the basket. So you like you, you a lot of times you'll have your really good shooter set some back picks and stuff to get somebody an easy shot or they'll set a pick for him and if they don't switch off on him he gets his shot. But if they start switching off we do quick slips and you know, and that's where, you know, Miller and, and Spalding and them at times and Robert Olson on some of those dunks and that all of a sudden they just kinda of free up and that's just because Carson's drawing so much attention. Yeah, but but you, you you have to have basketball IQ to recognize that too, because it's easy sometimes to try to force it because you believe in it. And, and it, when I watch your teams, uh, you know, I don't know how many are set plays or how many are called out, but but the spacing's always really good, and 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 the, and the movement's always really good, and that, and that tells you that that you know that, that some of that, yeah, you can call it a play, and, and it's going to do this and that, but. A lot of it has to do with, with having a basketball IQ and recognizing the situation and, and maintaining space and all those things. And, and you have long done that in your program. D- does that come from them just playing a lot of basketball in the summer? Does that come from you giving them the freedom to read? What is that? You know, our, the commitment in our program is, is tremendous from all the way on up. This particular group uh, have been, you know, my top six kids were all seniors. Um, they played together, you know, forever. Um, but yes, it's, it's repetition. I'm, I'm a big repetition person, you know, as far as, you know, you have to own the offense or own the play. I'm more sets than a continuous offense and stuff like that. And, uh, you have to own those. So that part becomes second nature. Okay. When that part becomes second nature and you can just play basketball and you own those in that part of it. Yeah. Then, um, so that's what we do. We just work hard 
uh, on that aspect of the fact. And then, like you said, we, we do a lot of spacing. We work hard on our spacing and, and that to try to keep things so they can't bring traps to us or double up on somebody and that unless they're going to give us up another space. Yeah, and, and that's a big key because you, you see sometimes teams, when, when they get in trouble with the trap and then they run to the ball and and then it gets worse, you know? And, and, and if, if you have the poise to keep the spacing, a lot of times you can work it out. Exactly. And then, you know, we were we were very fortunate this year that we had, you know, a six seven kid, you know, that I called my point forward. And another thing that went to many years ago is we play positionless basketball. We don't call our guys point guards or shooting guards or wings or foot. We just we're positionless basketball. Everybody's expected to dribble the basketball, everybody's expected to shoot the three and take to the basket. Even Carson and Bryce are expected to sometimes flash down the hole and, and post one smile and stuff like that. You know, you got to be able to do all aspects of the game if you really want to be a complete basketball team. Skip Dolan is our guest. So does that mean that, you know, the kids that are coming back next year, etc., they don't have to sit and think about, oh, I'm the fourth guard on the team, even though I might be the fourth best player, I'm not going to play then because because you're not afraid to play five guards or five forwards or whatever it is? Exactly. Next year we're going to be a totally different looking basketball team. Yeah, we had the, the two five nine guards that were extremely quick. And by the way, to, to throw Bryce Fulby and, and, and Ganyu Bolton, they're both lockdown defensive players at their size. They fear nobody to to defense it up and and we played five out we played the bigs we've done whatever back in the day you know whatever um we won a basketball game like and scored 58 points in overtime won the game and we didn't make a two-point shot we had a three and we else made a shot free throws really Yep, yep. <laughs> um, Pav from over at Delano, he says that's his trivia question every time he goes up on a hunting fishing trip. He's got a trivia question for you. Uh, and that and uh, yeah, that was against Litchfield, against John Carlson's group. John, oh boy, that's a group, man. Back back, in, it's been exactly. twenty years now, I know, but they had one of the all-time great teams to uh, come through. I think it was two thousand and one when they did it. Yeah, they uh, sure did. I learned a lot from John and that group. You know, as, as I progressed forward. Yeah, but but added deal though. I, I said this earlier at the outset. You guys have been good every year, and and that's hard to do in a small town because there's an ebb and flow with the classes that you get, and you might have two, six, seven kids in your class, and they may have zero interest in playing basketball, but you're not going to get a plethora of six, seven kids. you got to hope that the ones that you get uh, want to play basketball and can play basketball. Um, to me, that that's the... That's the hallmark is that you guys every year are competitive and every year you're making a run at state and all those things. Uh, how do you build that? How, d- d- does it take on a life of its own once you get to a certain point? Yeah, and that's very, that's exactly right, Mike. And once we got it to a certain point, it takes on a life. Um, we tell our kids all the time about a lot of different aspects of our culture, okay, and our character and stuff. When people come back into the gym, they expect their kids to act and behave a certain way. They expect them to play the game a certain way. Um, I think the biggest thing we always hear is how hard our kids work when they're when they're on the floor. Um, but you know, bottom line is, you know, I know we want to play defense, and this group was the reason they won a state title was because they dug a defensive end. But I always say the game was invented for the ball to go through the basket, and you got to put a lot of time in. It makes my job a lot easier when people can score. Yeah, don't you think too? Though, and, and I've always thought this about great coaches, and especially veteran great coaches, is just to your point, what you said is uh, the longer you do it, maybe the more you realize that ball's got to go through that hoop and we can get as fancy as we want and we can talk about trap this and trap that. But if you develop shooters and then the second part of that is if they're relaxed enough in a game that they can access that and be the shooter that they are, um, 
you're going to win a lot of games and bail yourselves out a lot of t- of a lot of situations. Yeah, you know, you've seen a lot of basketball like I've seen a lot of basketball, and probably one of the biggest changes has been you can you could have way back in the day just said we're playing defense, we can go a long way just playing defense, maybe win championship. Now your best defensive player on a team against the best offensive player on the other team. A lot of times that offensive player in today's day and age is just too good. Yep. You, you know, so you've got to have offensive players that can beat the other team's best defense, and there's going to be a lot and a lot more kids out there. As you know, you know, we're putting out a ton of those kind of kids in, in uh, the state of Minnesota to move on to the, to the next level. So, yeah, it's it's about, you know, your offensive skills got to be there. I always tell my, my younger coaches and that when they're bringing them up, I said, I can teach them to play good hard-nosed defense in one year. I cannot teach them to shoot and dribble in one year. And so those two things we've got to have developed and, and have done before they get to me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you can take a kid and make him a football player, but not a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? You you you, exactly. you, you can't learn to you know read the defense, all that, but you can make him a football player. You can put, put him a linebacker. Now, you got to the championship game against Minneapolis North and, and North with a lot of sentiment and, and, and obviously an adversity-filled season for different reasons uh, off the court that they didn't control. What was that like? You know, the first thing I did is I walked right over to Larry and shook his head and said, the respect I had for him and his program and for how his kids have handled, you know, anytime you're, you're part of a team and that and you lose, you know, a young man inside that team, you know, senselessly and stuff like that, it's just hard. It just can rip a team apart. So I give him so much credit. And, and all the other things I see Larry try to do to develop these young men and stuff like that. And I hope that, you know, inside my program, we're, we try to do the same thing. Um, and then when it got right down to the basketball game, we knew again that we had to control their overall intense scrambling trapping and getting up and down the floor and um you know for the most part we did that they they had us on the run there a little bit uh to start start the well the last or the first six minutes or so at the six minute mark or so and that and then we we kind of switched over to a zone and that i thought we kind of bogged them down a little bit slowed them down they kind of quit going downhill and i think that allowed us to get back in the game now you go to the off season. What's your feelings on AAU for your players? How do they go about it, their business in the summer? Well, we got some kids. We got a couple. We got a few kids that that do the AAU. Okay, you know, I um, I try to. What I do is you know, there's basketball tournaments everywhere for my high school yeah. kids. Okay, and if they want to invest in the AAU part, you know, that's totally up to them. But I give them a list of twenty five tournaments that are out throughout the summer all summer long and so they will look at the 25 they'll check all off if they're going on vacation i tell them go on vacation you're doing this doing that then out of those 25 i'll try to get six or seven of those tournaments where they'll all be so we're all developing that but if they're going to a church camp or they're going somewhere else and that do it you know go do do some time be some family time but when we're going to go to tournaments we're going to all be there and we're going to all be developing at the same time so that's that's kind of the way i do it yeah, and, and so, and, 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 you know, and that's the other thing, Skip, that's changed over the years is who'd have thought we'd seen a day? You know, it used to be the off season. You, coaches couldn't touch them. You had, you're on your own. You had, you, you could go to the gym, Dutcher camp or nothing, you know, was the extent of, uh, of developing outside playing pickup basketball. But now, uh, everybody's all in if they want, right? Exactly. You know, and that is the big difference, you know, Mike. By the time I come out of my summer, 
I pretty much know exactly which direction I'm heading with this particular basketball team. Now, take next year, for example, we graduate all the seniors. they got a lot of underclassmen coming in. I'll run a team camp for the first week coming coming out of the summer. We'll kind of put in what I think the direction I want to go. And then throughout those six tournaments and stuff, and we have what we call a breakfast of champions in the morning from 6.30 to 8 o'clock mornings a week. And that, then they show up, and by the time I come out of summer, I've really kind of weeded out, oh, that was a good idea to start with, Skip. It wasn't a very good idea at the end of summer <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just weed those things kind of out. So we are so far ahead. Instead of, I used to go into a uh, season, and after two weeks of just doing this, doing this, I went to my first game, and I went, oh, boy, that was a waste of time on that and on that and on that, <laughs> you know, and having to throw that out. Now by the time usually I come out of summer, that's pretty much all been sorted out. Now, was Ben Grieve an outstanding shooting guard, or where did you play him? You know, Ben, I just got a text from him congratulating and, uh, from Dave, too. Um, and Dave, that, your long-time the, assistant. The, yeah, long-time assistant. He's down in Arizona golfer. Oh, gosh, he's he not coming uh, back in the winter, is he? <laughs> no, ben was, ben was one of the best shooters I had and one of the better pure jump shooters I had. He was just a, he was a real scorer. And then, of course, Lindsay came into our gym, you know, she always went yeah. unnoticed and stuff, but we'd sneak him in there and stuff, and, and they would play and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was a, that was a good connection between those two getting together, and it was a good connection for Annandale. For sure. Skip, congratulations, and congratulations on just an unbelievable career besides this uh, this week's tournament, which is a cherry on top, but I know the real joy to you is in just teaching and coaching all the time. So congratulations on all you've done for those young men out there and, and, and for what you've done for Annandale. Well, Mike, I just can't. You guys that are covering these high school sports and the positivity that you do that with, uh, it's just something we just badly need in our society and stuff like that so keep up the good work thank you sir back at you skip dolan head coach at annandale state champions uh on saturday in class 2a but uh every year you just don't want to play annandale and you certainly don't want to play them during the tournaments when we come back i'll talk about some of that those kids in the in the evolution of basketball in minnesota i saw something yesterday that i just couldn't believe on the basketball front i'll share it with you when we come back Welcome back to the big show, Mike Max Sports to the Max News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Yesterday I went over and I watched uh, uh, the Sizzle, which is, there's a number of, of summer basketball teams that that kids can try out for, and and I, I mean it's it's a it, it's really is a fascinating study if you ever uh, uh, look at it because you know different programs offer different things, and you know you might not make one team, you might make a lower team, or you might not make a team at all, and uh, some travel all over, some don't, all that stuff. He's been playing the AAU circuit, but I went, went over there to uh, Sizzle, and and Larry Suggs was giving the um, uh, the dissertation to the uh, uh, kids, and, and Larry Suggs is Jalen Suggs' father, so he was talking about you know how Jalen did it to get you know first round pick of the Orlando Magic, etc. And obviously these kids aren't going to be the next Jalen Suggs. There's some really good players there, but he talked to him about what it meant to work, and how you can't just think you're a good player. And how showing up, I don't want to hear, he'd say, how, how many hours you spent in the gym and all this and that. What did you do while you were there? Not just how many hours were you there. What did you do while you were there to get better? And, and it, was, it was interesting to watch him. And, and, he, and he does, he's been doing this 30 years. And what's cool about his program is they don't cut anybody. And um, so, you know, you can play. And I, the, the levels, you know, obviously vary quite a bit. Um, but the kids come from all over and they want to play in that and they want to play in these different programs. And, 
he just looks him right in the eye and says basically, no excuses. This is what you got to do if you want to be good. Don't tell me what you want to be. Don't, what, you, what, what are you going to do to get better? And he doesn't mince words when he does it. And obviously he's got the proof in the pudding with the, you know, 30 years from this uh, AAU plus a son that's a first-round draft pick. But it, it was really interesting to listen to him. And I thought, these kids need to hear more of this stuff because, again, we need our kids to be tough so that one day they're tough when they get old and they run, run this country. When we come back, Leah Bergen Olson, what's cooking with the women's final four? Big event coming up Thursday. We'll talk youth sports with her as well. She follows it. She has a blog on it, all kinds of things. That's straight ahead on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the big show. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, one of my all-time favorites, Leah B. Olson. How are you? Hey, Mike Max. How are you? Good. Yourself? All is well. It's the week leading into the NCAA tournament, so life is good. Yes, and Paige Becker's team is ahead by just one point right yeah. now in the fourth quarter. So we got a good one brewing there as to whether or not she comes back or not. Hey, who is yes. your? I have a question for you. I never asked this before. Okay. Like, who was your favorite player when you were growing up? Was it was was there someone that you really admired uh, in in the women's game when you were going through high school and college? You know what's so crazy about that, Mike, is that I didn't really have anyone um, on the female side. I watched all NBA. Sure. Which is, I mean, so, obviously, if, um, if you don't have, at the time of WNBA, you're going to watch the NBA, right? Exactly. So I loved hoops, and, I, and so I watched all the guys, and so I was, you know, a big, like, Magic Johnson fan, and, of course, a huge, huge, you know, Michael Jordan fan. Yeah. Um, and... So, like, as I started, as the WNBA came in, and and then I started watching more college basketball, Lisa Leslie has always been one of my just very favorites. Because um, I love how dominant she was on the court, but then, like, away from the court, like, super classy, um, always shows up the right way, and I just think is just a fabulous role model. Yeah, she has been throughout the course of time, hasn't she? Yeah, she's just been consistent in who she is, and... One of the things I liked back in the day when I was um, interviewing her when um, those first years of the WNBA is she would like ask, you know, you would ask for the interview right at the um, end of practice. And she would say, just give me a couple minutes so I can, you know, brush my hair and prepare myself for the interview. So she just mm. wanted to always present herself in a certain way. Yeah, She thought about um, it. She cared. Yeah. She cared enough. Yeah. And so I always just liked that about her. Um, and then she's just been consistently that person. That's cool. I mean, that's when you meet people like that. That's that's kind of fun, and you you you, you tend to cheer for those yeah. people throughout. Now, now this is a big week. There's a lot of things going on, but you got a big event for Wayne Kostrowski that you're involved in on Thursday, right? Yeah, it's it's really going to be cool. It's called Taste of the Twin Cities, and they're bringing in all these women chefs from top restaurants in the Twin Cities, and then they're bringing in um, you know big time um, Minnesota women athletes. So. Um, I'm sure we'll see some Lynx players in there and college athletes and women from back in the day and um, and everyone's um, and then women executives from all um, from all types of leadership areas in Minnesota. So it's just going to kind of be heavy hitters coming together to raise money for um, M Health at Fairview, which is um, just an amazing cause. And so I'm, I think it's just going to be super fun, but um 
a super good time had by all, but like a great, great cause. Yeah, like Wayne doesn't, you know, if he does it, he usually does it right, man. It's like good food and everything's yeah. on, on point. You know, we've all, we've all been to well-run banquets and, and poorly won, run banquets. Uh, you and I have seen a lot of both, <laughs> exactly. right? And, and Wayne doesn't have a poorly one. He, that's not part of his deal. Nope. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it really well, you know? Yeah, he is super sharp and super organized. I mean, he called me to be in this probably six months ago. Yeah, that'd be and Wayne, yep. To, you know, yep, that wanted to hold the date and then wanted to know who do I need to know in the world of women's athletics and who can I connect with who and um, can I entertain a table? So it's just, um, yeah, he does an amazing job of organizing and um, it's just such, it's a great cause. Um but it's again, it's kind of all feeds into this great week um, leading into the tournament. Leah B. Olson is our guest, and obviously the women's final four will be here this weekend. Uh, they're playing down tonight, the final two spots in that. Um, and uh, NC State has just opened up a four-point lead, small lead, over UConn uh, in the fourth quarter. I know, quarter. a little uh, nervous. Yeah, they hit a big three there to, to take a four-point lead. And, you know, they don't look too bad. They play pretty good defense, and UConn's one of their key players got hurt earlier in the game. And... Um, is out well and it's and it's it's a hard thing when you get you know you find out you're getting the final four here and then you have Paige Beckers and you just at the very start of this Mike you just pray let Paige Beckers make it to the final four that's, you know, that's all we got here right I mean I mean in terms of you know a link you know Creighton had a couple players from here but they got bounced you know but they're out yeah. exactly so and obviously you know whoever shows up it's going to be you know the best basketball in the country but it's Paige Beckers with just that connection. I just think that would be so fun. So um, that's who I'm rooting for. Okay, but but I, I want to ask you a question along those lines because okay. we had Pam Borton on yesterday and she talked about you know there needs to be more parity in in the women's game. And here we go. We've got two in. They're both number one seeds. It's a one against a two here and a one against a three, I think, in the other yep. one tonight. Uh, w- you know, we, we love St. Peter's story, right? We love the story of the darling in the tournament. We and do. You know, the men's final four, it's, it's, it's four blue bloods, so four, you know, uh, basketball schools. Uh, but, but many times you'll get Loyola or somebody will make the run like St. Peter did this year. Why don't we see that in the women's game more? Well, you're starting to see it now, and I think it's really just based on um, – as programs build, right? So we're seeing women's basketball get better and better, and we've certainly seen that in the WNBA, and now we're starting to see it in college basketball. And so, you know, we saw Iowa have a great year and upset a whole bunch of people this year, the Iowa State, those types of teams. I mean, that would have, you know... South Dakota obviously made a splash, you know. They sure did. And Maryland's really good. Um, I mean, so there are other teams out there, but... um, we have to get better players across the country and then lift everybody up. And then now it's like not everybody wants to go to UConn because guess what? There's a lot of other good coaches, a lot of other programs. Um, we happen to have one right here with Lindsey Whalen. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think just we needed that time to build girls basketball up so we can get those talented athletes, enough of them, so you can spread them around the country and not just send them all to Yukon or Tennessee or Stanford, you know. Yeah, you get the um, feeling that if, if if they did it if Yukon's split their team up, they'd both be in the region finals or or NC State. You know, that's what you feel like, right? Because you're going to get the top 10 players or the top 11 players on their on their roster. Right. And I will say this, like one thing coach Reeve always says about players that come out of Yukon is they come out of Yukon pro ready 
I mean, they're so well coached. Yep. And I think that's the other piece that we're starting to get in women's basketball. And obviously we've had it, but we're getting more of it is qualified coaches that can coach at all different kinds of schools. So it's not just going to be Gino Ariemo. Right. And, yeah. It's, you know, it's a coach's Ariema. game right now. Yep. Vanderveer, yeah. Ariano, you know, you say the names, right? Yep. I mean, Tara Vanderveer has been there since I was playing. Yeah. She has yeah. been holding that down forever, which is fabulous. But now we're starting to see the young bloods coming through and new, play, you know, WNBA players like Lindsey Whalen's, all these type of players coming in to help lift the game. Yeah. So it's just getting better and better. And in our lifetime, we're seeing it escalate. Um, and we'd like to see it go faster, but it's moving. Leah, you, you do a lot with youth sports. You studied a lot. You had kids that participated in a lot. Now we're going into the spring and summer season where youth sports are, you know, whether it's AAU or you're playing summer baseball, you've seen all of it, uh, volleyball, whatever it is, it's, it's youth sports. Yep. Um, w- w- at the start of a season, a kid not knowing where they're going to stack up on that team, whatever that team is, what do you think their goal should be? when they get done with the season, their goal and, and the and the coaches and parents' goal for that kid? Well, I think first and foremost, like what I always say to parents is ask your athlete, do you want to continue to play that sport? Um, and don't just assume it. And as a parent, try not to just make that decision for them. Ask them, do you want to play, you know, baseball this summer? If the answer is yes, then the second piece is, okay, um, how much time and energy do you want to put in it? Because that's going to determine probably where you're going to end up on that next team, right? And so I think it's important for kids to know that, like, they they can control the time and the energy and the attitude that they bring to the game. And so that's taking the time to sit outside and dribble with your left hand all summer that no one wants to do or put those shots up that no one ever wants to do. But those are the things that determine really determine what level that you'll play at for the next season. Um, And I feel like a lot of times um, parents think it's just, um, you know what, if, if we, if we get all the equipment and we want our kid to play, he's going to be able to play or she's going to be able to play on whatever team he wants to. And it just doesn't work like that. Um, We have more kids going out for youth sports than we ever have. And so um, if you want to get onto those good teams, your kids have to commit to it. And um, and not just the parents committing to it, because parents do commit to it, right? You've done it, the time, the traveling, the money. There's, there is a huge commitment by parents, but that's not really about what the athlete is doing. And so I always think, you know, think about that offseason as your time to recommit to your sport and what you want to do with it and how you can improve um, you can improve all by yourself, um, sitting outside doing whatever you need to do. And those are the small things that will help kind of figure out where you belong in the sport. Somebody told me this, and, and it's true for basketball for sure, but probably true for just about every sport. They, they said if you're, if you're entering into this summer thing for the first time, and you don't know mm-hmm. exactly how it works, and so you assume everything's equal. It's not. They said the two questions you need to ask, and I'll use this for basketball, but it probably goes beyond. 
is roster size. How many kids are you going to carry? Because if it's going to be a 13-person team in basketball, you're not going to get the playing time that you thought you were, number one. And number two, mm-hmm. who's the coach? Is the coach a parent? Is the coach someone? What, what's their background? Did they play college? Did, do they know the game? Who, who's the coach mm-hmm. and how big is it? Because if you only got seven kids, I know I'm going to play a lot. And that, and that makes me happy, right? But if you got 13... I don't know how how that's going to work. And I think those are two really right. good questions to start with. Yeah, I think it is. And I think, um, you know, a lot of it, too, depends on that age breakout, right? Because we hope for our very yeah. youngest athletes, you know, that they're all playing um, and getting a lot of time. As you get older and it starts being based on how good you are, um, yeah, then you hope you get on a squad that has um, a coach that's been trained trained a little bit um, to know what's appropriate and how to coach young people. Um, you know, young people need to be coached differently than adults, and they need to be coached differently at different ages. And so I think making sure that your coaches are um, appropriate for the ages that you have is really key. Um, and that roster size is an important one. And um, let's face it, sometimes you can't control those things. Um, and so you kind of have to make that decision on the front end, like, ooh, I'm getting onto this big roster. Do I still want to be part of that, even if I'm only going to play um, not as much as I want? Yeah, and and then I guess the other part would be, um, you know, that we talk about with, especially with summer teams, is, is how much practice time are you going to get? Because I've seen... Mm-hmm. Um, I've been involved in this thing long enough now, uh, as mm-hmm. you have to know that uh, I've seen teams uh, and had kids on teams where, boy, they played a lot of games, and boy, they didn't get much better because they didn't practice at all. They just played games, and it sounds good, you know, uh, because who wants to practice when you can play games, but it doesn't look very good. Right. I remember Mike talking to Flip Saunders about this way back in the day, and he was saying that when he was getting players at the NBA level, that he was having to coach some basic fundamental stuff, even at the NBA level. Couldn't believe it because they hadn't been coached that. Um, They hadn't been coached that in AAU. And then if they're in the NBA, they probably didn't spend a lot of time in college, right? So so it it is amazing how, like, just playing games doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting better. It means you maybe just played a lot of games with a lot of the same bad habits. (laughs) <laughs> right, and, and nobody told you because the coach yeah. didn't know or didn't want to spend enough time correcting it, and so there right. you go, you know, and you end up looking like you yep. look. Because I had this conversation last night, I was talking to somebody about uh, a baseball season in the summer, and I said, if you didn't want to play baseball for the summer, but you want to commit yourself to training, could you get better than if you played all the games? And he said, mm-hmm. without question, you could. If you have the right commitment Absolutely. and you straighten out all your bad habits that you don't realize that you're in, without playing a game in the summer, you could. He said, that, that's only a six-week season anyway, really. He said, you could get much better, uh, if you, if, right. but you've got to commit to it. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to play games and I'm only going to show up you know, once every two weeks at the training, if you commit to it. Well, and I think I think how most teams use that off season is, um, you know, if you're struggling with your left hand or if you're struggling um, shooting the ball, that has to be corrected in the off season yeah. because you don't have time in the regular Mm-mm. season to do that. You don't have time so, to do player development hardly during the regular season. You know? Yep, you really don't. And so that's how. And like I think, like 
every former athlete, myself included, wishes like, oh, if I would have just committed myself a I little know, bit more. I know, if I'd have just done this and developed this move or whatever it was. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, that's the difference now is when you see some of these kids that have really put the time in, um, their ability to handle the ball or shoot the ball at young ages, you know, that's just sitting there. That's repetition. That's repetition. Over and and over. it takes about 30 seconds of watching these kids to know who can play and who, you know, what level they're at. I mean, <laughs> exactly. literally, you could ask them to do five things. I was just having this conversation today as well with somebody. I said, after five drills, if, if you had them shoot three three pointers for you, a couple of 15 footers, and go right and left to the hoop, you could tell everything about their quickness, their shot, whether they made yeah. it or not, doesn't matter. The only thing you couldn't tell is if they're a team player. But okay, I'm, I'm, out, I, I'm, I'm pontificating again. Leah, thank you so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> And I look forward to seeing you around Target Center this week. Yes, I look forward to it, too. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Leah B. Olson on News Talk 830 WCCO. You really could do I'll explain exactly what I mean. 30 seconds. I can tell you if a kid can play basketball or not when we come back. If you just did this with the kid, if you had him shoot three three-pointers, and they gave the ball, and said, go as hard as you can to the right. Go as hard as you can to the left. Okay, take the ball from the top of the key. Take two dribbles, stop, and shoot a 15-footer to your left, to your right. In those five shots, you probably have a really good idea of how good an offensive player this kid can be because you'd be able to see if they can dribble with their right hand and their left hand. You'd be able to see how soft their shot is. You'd be able to see all those things if you just did those, what, seven shots, I think. And you'd be able to see how quick they are. Now, there's things that you can't tell that are intangible. Like, like, like sometimes that kid might, uh, you know, his form might be funky or something. He might be a really good shooter, and he just missed it, but he might be capable of making five in a row in a game. Uh, and, then the, and then the other piece of it is you can't tell if they're selfish or not by doing those drills. And it's amazing, though, when you watch kids scrimmage, how quickly you can tell how selfish they are. You know, and, and, and Bud Grant used to have this thing at, at, at Vikings training camp in Mankato. And when they had inclement weather that they couldn't practice outside, he'd take them in and he'd say, let's play basketball. Now, now the players thought the premise of that was that they uh, stayed in shape, right? That they were running up and down and, and they were getting a workout in uh, since it was negated with uh, whatever the weather situation was outside. But really what he was doing, because Bud was a basketball player at one point in time too, was he was watching how they played basketball because he wanted to see who would set a screen, who would make the pass, who would hustle down the floor, who was willing to get dirty to get the rebound, uh, who was the person that understood the situation when, when they needed to take the shot. All those things he measured by watching them play basketball, but he didn't tell the players that. He let them just play, and he let them think that it was just a free-flowing pickup game. And I thought, that's pretty good, because you can learn a lot by watching people play basketball, can't you? And you can. Minnesota Twins made news today. They signed Chris Archer. Uh, a pitcher uh, he, in his prime, he was outstanding, uh, an all-star for Tampa. And since then, he's had some injuries, he's been traded, moved around a little bit, but he was still on the on the market. So they got him for three and a half million. I know that seems like not very much. Uh, it's kind of a bargain. Uh, it was some incentives, and they'll see if he can pitch. Uh, I don't know when his first outing will be for the Twins. Probably next week, sometime. But the beat goes on. When we come back, how about the St. Paul Saints? They're still in play, right? Yes, they are. We'll visit with Derek Shearer about how spring training lines up for them and how they know what kind of a team that they have when they don't even know who's going to be on that team. All that and much more straight ahead on this edition of Sports to the Max. Stay with us.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.